Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the stripe. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10-5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. 5.43 at WSBT, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat continues. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined this hour by Allison Hayes from ABC 57. I just want to mention this really quick. August 8th is a very special day for a lot of us in the Notre Dame media. Today was the day Lou Samoji was born many, many years ago, and we lost Lou a couple of years ago. Truly the historian of Notre Dame football and was great to this program and just was a great friend. You could sit and talk to him about anything, talk Notre Dame football. So just want to give a shout-out. We miss Lou, and this is going to be, I think, our second football season without him. And it's we not the all same. Miss him. No, it's not. He was it's such not. a great guy and such a, such a great writer. But like you said, uh, someone that you could sit and talk with, he – cared about you as a person he asked you questions about yourself he was there and uh yeah we really miss him and if we had a question about a game in 1947 (laughs) he would have every detail for (laughs) us exactly man he was a walking encyclopedia we miss you lou we miss you lou no doubt all right so let's try to predict the notre dame football schedule we'll go game by game win or loss so let's just go ahead and start with the first game notre dame and navy in dublin allison what do you think W, of course. Piece of cake? We'll see. No, it was supposed to be a piece of cake in Baltimore <laughs> last year. And whew. Then 12 yards of total offense in the second oh half happened. Oh, my gosh, exactly. So that was rough. But, uh, no, I do think that's a, a winnable game. But like you touched on earlier in the show, if they're throwing out a little bit different offense and, and that O-line of theirs is going to be a real challenge, um, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see. Or their D-line against Notre Dame's offensive line. But um, I do think Notre Dame gets the win. In Ireland against Navy, one and no start. Yeah, they've handled Navy both occasions overseas. So I'm going to say Navy wins by, I'm sorry, Notre Dame wins by double digits, but I'm not sure the spread being 20. That's a lot, a lot of points for this Navy football team. So then you come home, history, Notre Dame will play an FCS school for the first time, Eddie George's Tennessee State football team. I think it's going to be more about how long the starters play than anything else. Exactly. And again, this should be one of those for sure W's on the schedule, but so was Marshall last year. Uh, The difference was that Notre Dame was coming off of Ohio State last year, and this year they're going to be hopefully coming off of a Navy win. But yeah, that's definitely a winnable game, and that should be a three-touchdown win for sure. Yep, should be a woodshed game for the Fighting Irish. So we both have the Irish 2-0 going to Raleigh September 9 to take on North Carolina State. 
Now this one, so back from our conversation this summer, you got me nervous a little bit about NC State <laughs> here. But I, again, I think this is one that Notre Dame goes on the road, uh, another road test. It's a noon game on ABC. That'll be on ABC 57. We'll have a kickoff show on the road for that game. And uh, But I do think Notre Dame gets the win there, and I think that's when we're going to start to see Notre Dame's offense really starting to click. Yeah, This is the first really big test for the Irish quarterback, Brennan Armstrong from Virginia. Coming to NC State to be with his offensive coordinator that helped him throw for over 4,000 yards two years ago. And NC State's picked off Sam Hartman three times in each of the last two meetings. Ooh, that's a good So they know stat. how to defend Sam Hartman. So Say that one more time. They picked him off three times in each of the last two meetings. Ooh, that is juicy. So Notre Dame wins the spread seven right now. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. i got to write that one down. All right. Let's go to September 16th, Notre Dame hosting from the Max Central Michigan. W. Don't even <laughs> – why is this game on the schedule? Don't waste our time. <laughs> I'll take a W as well, which leads us to September 23rd, the Griswold game with green and scarlet in the stands all over the place. Green and red will be like Christmas. Ohio State and Notre Dame from the stadium. This one makes me nervous, and I've heard some people say, well, their quarterback situation, who's going to be the QB? But uh, I, I think this is this is Notre Dame's first loss. I'd like to see the Irish get the W at home. I know I, I don't care what Marcus Freeman says, that uh, it doesn't matter and, and all of this good stuff. Yes, it certainly does matter to play your alma mater, and it certainly matters when you lost on the road in the season opener last year, and you played pretty well against yep. them. Um it is going to be a question mark who the the how good the quarterback's going to be and it should be Kyle McCord. I think he's got the ability to be very good uh, and I think he'll continue to get better. This is kind of a measuring stick game too where it's kind of a little bit early still in the season but yet you've got a, a lot of games under your belt so a lot of things are kind of coming together and developing. We'll, we could have some injuries at that point in the season but I, I I wish I could say I felt confident that Notre Dame could get the upset here but I do think that Ohio State somehow some way is going to get it done and and their quarterback and we know how good their wide receivers are too and and, and then their O-line is so good it's just uh, they're just tough that's a tough game. The good thing about this Notre Dame feels like they have a quarterback that if you got into a shootout yes you got a chance to hang with them I don't think we could have said that even Ian Book was a good quarterback but a shootout with Ohio State no I wouldn't have bought into that so this is a guy you feel like if you got to score 40 to beat him you got a shot I'm taking Ohio State because I think underrated running game with all the talk about the receivers they've got three outstanding running backs and I worry about Notre Dame stopping the run successfully throughout the game so that's a big reason why I'm going Ohio State and I think their defensive line is going to be a tough tough challenge for the Irish offensive line so I do have Ohio State winning now Notre Dame has to pick up the pieces and go to Durham to take on a Duke team led by former Irish defensive coordinator Mike Elko that won nine games last year, and they have most of their team back from last year's squad. Yeah, absolutely. Duke is not a, a push-around game, and they are coming then off of that game at home and going back on the road, so that could be a tough one. But I think Notre Dame, in theory, should get the job done at Duke. Riley Leonard's a really good quarterback, dual-threat quarterback, had a great year throwing the football for the Dukies last year. Duke won nine games last year, but they missed all the big ACC teams. Now they face them plus Notre Dame, so they might be better with a worse record. I like Notre Dame in this matchup. All right, so we both have the Irish 
Let's see, 5-1 and one going to Louisville October 7th. This also is a W for me. I, I, I just think that head-to-toe, across the board, offense, defense, special teams, Notre Dame is a better team and a better program than Louisville. Jeff Rom takes over there, the former Boilermaker head coach. I love in, him. Brought, Don't get me wrong. All right. Well, he brought in one of his old quarterbacks that Notre Dame has faced and Jack Plummer. They brought in a lot of transfers. I don't think they'll be able to put it together to beat Notre Dame. I like the Irish on the road there. You do know, though, that Jeff Brom is going to have some trick plays. He's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. So they could get a sneaky touchdown here or there, make it interesting. But I still think Notre Dame gets that win. Last time he faced Notre Dame, he didn't throw a pass over three yards. So I'm not scared (laughs) yet. (laughs) It was all dink and dunk. All right. October 14th, USC to Notre Dame Stadium. That, I hate to say it, and everybody else is saying it too. I think that is another loss. I just think USC is so good and so talented. And Caleb Williams, I mean, he's most likely the number one overall draft pick this year. Over 4,500 yards passing, 42 touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's just absolutely so good and so talented. And then they're loaded at receiver. I think the biggest question mark for them maybe this year is going to be the offensive line. They have a lot of turnover there, so that could be a place where Notre Dame can make them one-dimensional. But even at that point, when you're as good as Caleb Williams, it does does it really matter if you don't run the ball that much? This is the one game that is in pencil. And not in ink yet. The other 11 games I'm locked in. This one I am torn because Notre Dame can score against USC. USC, though, offensively has so many weapons led by their Heisman Trophy quarterback. The spread right now, Las Vegas, USC is favored by one. So they expect a really tight football game. So, again, I'm writing this in pencil. I'm giving my right to change before the first snap of the year. I've got it as a loss right now, but I'm torn to go the other way. So I'll say loss for now, but before August 26th, I might have a change of plan. I like that. But a little... for now, I just want to see the Irish defensive line play, and then I can give you an answer. That's exactly. the one thing that's holding me back on a couple of games. All right, after a bye, Pittsburgh comes to Notre Dame Stadium. October 28th, the Irish in both of our eyes are 6-2. and two. And I think Notre Dame writes the ship. I think Notre Dame gets the job done and gets the win against Pittsburgh. Phil Jerkovic, no shot at Notre Dame Stadium, the Irish roll. All right, November 4th, Death Valley at Clemson. This is my question mark game where I feel more confident about, I hate to say that, but the loss to USC, whereas I feel like Clemson is is one of those where – I feel like Notre Dame could get the win on the road there, but that it's just they they have I believe they have a new uh, offensive coordinator, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with Cade Klubnick. Cade I think looked really good at times last year. Now he's the man. He's taking over for DJ Uyunglele. So it's just if if they can kind of get their pieces to come together. Clemson, I mean, they're preseason number nine, which I thought that might be a little high in my book, but. I, I think this is an interesting one. I, I, this is that's my pencil L. Okay. I, I think there it's it's possible Notre Dame can get get beat on the road. It's going to be a very hostile environment. You know it's going to be a night game, but I, I I don't know. I feel like Notre Dame could get the win there, so I'm kind of iffy on that. But I'm going to keep my my L for now. Okay. And like you said, I want I need to see some a few more things kind of take shape. Notre Dame by 10 at Clemson. Ooh, I like the confidence. That's my big switch. 
that gets me from nine and three to ten and two. I'm now a big believer in Notre Dame going to Death Valley because I think Clemson's one of the most overrated teams in the top 25 this year. If Cade Klubnick becomes an exceptional quarterback right away, then that may change. But I think Notre Dame's offense against their defense can do some really good things. So I'm taking Notre Dame over Clemson there. So after a bye, last two games probably are going to be quick picks. Wake Forest at home at Stanford. WW. Yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> easy right there. So you've got nine and three, and I have ten and two. Oh, I like it. And I think last time I came in, I was at ten and two yeah. with Clemson as a win, and you talked me out of it. I yeah. think I let I I said I was drinking all that Kool Aid. Now I'm like, oh, the reality is setting in. But I like that you switched. I was sandbagging you so I could get the <laughs> the Clemson win up. No, it's it's been hard to get myself off nine and three, but I've jumped to ten and two, and USC is in, intriguing. We'll hold that thought. All right, well, we got to take. That'd be just one loss on the year. Mm, then we're talking playoffs. That things get interesting. I just feel like Hartman can yeah. offset some of the deficiencies that this team might have. All right, five fifty-four. Quick timeout. We'll get to the Twitter question of the day next on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's weekday sports beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett with Allison Hayes from ABC 57. Yesterday, we asked you on Twitter or X or whatever the heck it is, my account at 960 Sportsbeat. South Point in Las Vegas has released some odds for upcoming Notre Dame football games. What is the best bet from a Notre Dame perspective? Your four choices. At NC State, Notre Dame a seven-point favorite. Ohio State, Notre Dame gets seven and a half. USC, Notre Dame gets a point. Or Notre Dame at Clemson, and the Irish get six points in that Clemson contest. You voted. Here are the results. In fourth place, only getting 15% of the vote. USC, Notre Dame, the Irish getting just one point. Third in line, getting 24% of the vote. Notre Dame at Clemson, and the Irish getting plus six. Personally, I love that one, as you would imagine. Coming in second place in the voting... Notre Dame at NC State, the Irish favored by just seven. That spread scares the daylights out of me. But 28% felt like that was the best bet. But winning, Notre Dame hosting Ohio State and the Irish getting seven and a half points against the Buckeyes. I assume people feel like Notre Dame played them tough last year. This time it's at home. C.J. Stroud's now a Houston Texan, so... Seven and a half points is a lot, and Notre Dame's been really good as a home underdog the last few years. So I guess I understand the thinking. Seven and a half is a lot of points. That is a lot of points. The USC one is blowing my mind right now still. I, I cannot believe that that is just considered a one-point game. I, I That would be amazing if it is a one-point game. I, I feel like USC could – it could be rough. I think USC has not won here since 2011. So Who cares about that? Who cares about the past? This oh, is this team. I know. Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams. Whoo. In the betting world, they look for any trend possible, let me tell you. All right, so we thank you for voting. Here is today's question, which you can vote on right now at 960 Sportsbeat. Which of these four teams ranked in the preseason college football coaches poll is most likely not to finish as high as their current ranking. So who is not going to live up to preseason expectations? Your four choices. Ohio State at four, USC six, Clemson nine, or Notre Dame 13. So Allison, how would you vote? 
Oh, I think now you've talked me into Clemson, <laughs> no <sorry>. doubt. <laughs> Before I brainwashed you, you would have said. Oh, uh, I, I, well, I told you Clemson is a pencil game for me. So, um, okay, I, I think Clemson is is fair. I think USC is very good. I think Ohio State could be very good if their quarterback situation works out for them. Notre Dame, I think, I think they could finish higher than thirteen, mm-hmm. and uh, especially if they get a win at Clemson. That's going to help them significantly. So I'm kind of in the middle between Clemson and Notre Dame there. Ten and two with that schedule and beating yes. one of those three, I think you're in the top 15 for sure. Absolutely. Especially with Clemson 15. on the road. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, we'll let people decide for themselves. You can vote right now on my Twitter account at 960-SPORTSPEEP. Allison, good to be with you here on this Tuesday evening. Appreciate you stopping by. And, of course, people can check you out on ABC 57. And, you know, soon they'll be checking you out in Dublin, Ireland. I cannot wait. What's going to be the percentage of work and play? (laughs) Is it going to be 50-50? Is it going to be 80-20? We won't say which way. I mean. Yeah. I mean, technically, going to the Guinness Storehouse and going golfing is all part of my job, my duties while I'm there. So I'll be working the whole entire time. Someone's got to help the economy there and be a good citizen. That's right. I'm, I'm giving you an experience right like along it. with me of what it is like in Dublin. They got to videotape you golfing, though, over there. Oh, for sure. That's a must-do. Must-do. Absolutely. Good to see you. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Yeah, how about we do this every Tuesday? Let's do it. That's <laughs> exactly what we're going to do here during the Notre Dame football season. That's Allison Hayes from ABC 57. Coming up, you're going to hear our Notre Dame football Recruiting Insider Report with Mike Singer. That's on the way in a few moments on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. But right now, a sports update. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com. The WSBT Radio app. And on Twitch. As Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider Mike Singer. Yes, indeed. It is time once again to talk Notre Dame football recruiting with our recruiting expert, Mike Singer. You could read all his work at blueandgold.com. You know, we've had two or three weeks in a row where there's been a lot of things going on with recruiting, but this week was kind of a, a quiet week, so we're going to go a little different direction with this particular segment. On my Twitter account earlier today, 960 Sportsbeat, I asked Notre Dame football fans to send me questions for Mike, and we have six questions that we have selected. And so we're going to let the fans sort of run this segment this week as we broadcast on Sportsbeat on 960 AM and on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. All right, Mike, are you ready for our WSBT listeners to take some shots at you? Yeah, we've been doing this show for years now. Um, I know it, it, years. It's been at least two that I've been, you know, on, on your show. So this is our, our first time kind of doing a mailbag. So I'm looking forward to this. All right. Let's start with Caleb. He wants to know which position coach slash recruiter does Mike expect to make the biggest splash in 2025? I think it's the same suspects. I, I, I mean, I expect really good things from – I, I, I posted this on our message board. I think my three favorite coaches on the staff right now, in terms of like your tennis assistant coaches, love Gino Gadouli, love Dylan McCullough, love uh, Chancey Stuckey. 
pretty pretty important positions right there, quarterback, running back, and receiver. So I, I, I think just every year now, like these coaches where maybe we haven't seen a ton from Gadouli yet because he hasn't landed his own commitment, but especially with like McCullough and Stuckey, I just expect them every year now to just sign big-time classes. Um, everywhere else, I think I, – I, what you're gonna, I think we, what we've seen the past couple years, what we're going to keep seeing, like Notre Dame's going to sign some pretty good defensive backs, maybe not five-star guys, but like some super, like very solid players. Um, and you're going to get a Ben Morrison here and there. Um, so I, I think the defensive back recruiting is going to continue to be really good. Linebacker recruiting has been outstanding under Marcus Stream. And look at Kingston Villiamuasa. Defensive line, I think Notre Dame is going to sign highly ranked guys. Um, maybe you can get like a five-star caliber guy here and there. Uh, that's kind of been a white whale here recently, but still really solid defensive line classes. You already know, I mean, offensive line is going to be really good. Um, I just think like Notre Dame recruiting, I, I don't I don't know, like a splash. I think it's going to be what it is. Consistency. Um, consistency. Yeah. Thanks for kind of getting me there, Darren. You, you, you sensed where I was going there. I, I think it's just going to kind of continue Will there be maybe a down year one position and an outstanding year one position? Sure, but I think otherwise with this staff, I think you kind of know what you're going to get. The one thing that could slow down wide receiver recruiting is Chancey Stuckey continuing to be a hot commodity. And it was like that last offseason. He's going to be tough to hold on to. Yeah. That's a good thing. That's good. This might be his last year at Notre Dame unless he gets a promotion, you know. So we'll see. Okay, next up. John Irish wants to know, during your time, Mike, covering Fighting Irish football recruiting, what position has been the easiest and most difficult for them to recruit and is the toughest getting easier under Marcus Freeman? All right, so some really good stuff here from John. Appreciate this. So the easiest has been offensive line. You know, I I think that's kind of a given. You look at what they've been able to do, and not that they haven't worked to land. You know, your Blake Fishers, your Rocco Spindlers, your Emil Wagner's. Joe Walt, like some huge recruiting wins that took a lot of effort, but still like offensive line prospects have kind of flocked to Notre Dame. Like I actually really like Jeff Quinn as a recruiter. He was a goofy guy, but and the recruits really liked him, but there was an aspect that Notre Dame offensive line recruits itself. I'm going to throw at you, Darren, this might be a little bit of a surprise for it's not been a position that's been difficult for Notre Dame to recruit, but it's been more difficult than you would think. As you look at tight end recruiting, you would think it's Notre Dame's tight end you, just like it is with offensive line. They would just land like these five-star caliber prospects every year, right? Going back to uh, 2021 class, Notre Dame assigned three players on the offensive line who were ranked as a five-star, according to at least one website. Blake Fisher was a rival's five-star. Um... Emil Wagner was an on three five star, and Charles Jagasaw an on three five star. You would think tight end would be the same. Michael Mayer, I think, was maybe a tight end accord, or five star according to twenty four seven. But um, you look at it elsewhere, like you have some top hundred guys like a like an Eli Raritan, but Mitch Evans was you know like a three star guy. Holden Stays was a three star guy, fringe four star guy. Um, Jack Larson is committed right now, three-star guy. Cooper Flanagan, not a super highly ranked tight end. So you would think, and look, rankings aren't the, the be-all, end-all, but you would think that Notre Dame would sign more highly ranked tight ends 
Um, but they just – it's been kind of interesting and, and strange these past um, few years since the, the mayor class in 2020. I think that's at least worth noting. But, uh, I mean, otherwise, receiver, that has turned a corner, right? So I started covering Notre Dame in May 2019. That was my first um, the first month covering Irish recruiting full-time. And receiver was tough there for a while. Now it's just completely turned. It's went from a weakness to a total strength. Um, I mean, I think you, you throw in quarterback. I, don't, I, mean, I mean, Notre Dame's had to take all these transfer guys. And, you know, last year wasn't a, a success there at the quarterback position. You know, I mean, at least in terms of having a truck and not a trailer at that position. So I think maybe you throw in quarterback, but also on paper – you have all these, like, All-Americans. I mean, Drew Pine was an All-American. Tyler Buckner, Steve Angeli, all All-Americans, according to Under Armour. Um, Kenny Minchie, Elite 11. So I'm kind of talking myself out of that now. Um, but, I mean, defensive line, maybe. It's, it's all been pretty solid. Again, across the board, going back to your first point, but I would probably say receiver. And then just real quick, the toughest – getting easier in our markets. If I'm going with receiver, yeah. it's absolutely um, getting a lot better. I know this started before Marcus became head coach, so this really doesn't fall into this answer for this question, but pretty remarkable three years ago and Will Shipley picked Clemson to where we are now in running back recruiting. My heavens, an absolute yeah. turnaround. That's a great point, but, I mean, there's been a real good turnaround. I would even go back to the 2019 class with Kyron. I think since then, from Kyron, Chris Tyree. I mean, Tyree hasn't had the impact I think we would all hope, but still a really good get. And then you miss Shipley, you get Estime and Diggs to Jadarian Price to – you know, to Jeremiah Love, like some really – Brand Payne, definitely there's been an uptick in running back recruiting. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. Mike is answering your questions. Chris wants to know, best defensive line stud that they have the best chance at that will take some of the sting off losing out on Justin Scott. Okay. Well, I would actually go with there, – there's a couple guys here. One's in the 2025 class. If you can't get a big-time Chicago defensive lineman at Scott, how about another one from Chicago Simeon? Chris Burgess, 6'4", 230 pounds. Um, you know, more of an edge guy right now going into his junior season than Scott, a true interior player. But Burgess, 6'4", 230 pounds, ranks as the number 152 overall player, number 15 edge per the 2025 on three industry ranking. Burgess, I believe, has been to Notre Dame several times. So – I mean, there's some really good defensive linemen in the state of Illinois for this 2025 class. There's Burgess, uh, Joseph Reif, I believe his last name is pronounced, uh, Gabe Kaminsky. I'm sure there's a couple others that I'm, I'm forgetting. But uh, I think Chris Burgess would, would yeah, maybe take some of this thing off. Again, just from that, I think it's such a big deal with Justin Scott, Darren, is the Chicago aspect. Like Notre Dame also lost a five-star recruitment on the defensive line and Elijah Rushing. He's from Arizona. We don't talk about that as much. But the Chicago component makes the Justin Scott recruitment such more of a big deal. So that's why I would go to Burgess. But also, let me say Bryce Young in the 2024 class. He's already committed to Notre Dame. I think you get him. That also helps take this thing off because he's listed at 6'6", 245 pounds. He could end up being a three-tech. and a, I mean, Scott's more of a nose – true nose and, and, and can maybe play three tech, but again, more of a nose. 
But Young is could potentially be a really good um, interior defensive lineman. You also show and throw in Sean Cevlano, um, the nose tackle replacement. His I had an article at BlueAndGold.com um, on Cevlano interviewing his coach, and he said, you know, that he, he's been pressing over 400 pounds. Like the guy's just a freak. So I think even landing Cevlano, that true nose tackle, does take off at least some of the sting, Darren. Okay, let's go to our next question. Along the same lines, Bobby wants to know, flat out, the odds Notre Dame can flip Justin Scott, who, of course, picked Ohio State. Probably slim. But, listen, I mean, there's just so many domino kind of variables here for Notre Dame. The first thing is that I think they would just need to beat Ohio State. And, I'm Darren, I'm not a guy in covering recruiting. It's like, oh, the results on the field are a big difference like especially one game but i think this is a little bit more unique in that notre dame hosts ohio state and can they get scott on campus even if it's something like hey justin here you come up you get your free ticket you you're coming to see the team that you're committed to and even if he doesn't even talk to the staff let's say on that but it's still if notre dame beats ohio state and he's there to witness it. And you would also hope that there's not a red crowd there, crimson or whatever their color is, scarlet. That I think that like Notre Dame fans need to show up as well. It needs to be much more green. You don't want it to look like Christmas. You don't want green and red. You want it to be green inside Notre Dame Stadium. So I think if that happens, I think your chances of flipping them get better. But I don't know if it's, 10 to 25 percent I, I don't know that I mean I would really just be making something up there but the odds at least do um, improve a little bit the best game that didn't matter in recruiting Manti Teo came here when it was snowing he'd never seen snow before they got upset by Syracuse and he still picked the Fighting Irish and, and obviously that was before my time covering Notre Dame I think I was still in high school at that point Darren but <laughs> um the pitch is this is why we need you, right? So that's why that is able to work out, and, and that's why I don't get too hung up on one-game one impact on recruitment. But, yep. you know, again, it's different with Scott being committed to Ohio State. The thing with Teo is that – what did you say about the weather that day, Darren? Snowing. And you get the kid from Hawaii. That's impressive. Yeah, pretty cool. Okay, next, Mike, if you could add a player – and or a position to the recruiting class that Notre Dame realistically has a shot at, who would it be? And, of course, if there's multiple, don't stop. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really just who they have still on the board um, in terms of, look, they, they hit their mark. Uh, they, they've hit every position. Like, uh, they won three receivers, got it. They, they, they wanted three offensive linemen, got that. They wanted – what is it, four defensive linemen got that, three linebackers got that. So, I mean, they hit their marks, and now it's just, as I said so many times, it's about filling the class with just players who are too good not to take. So Scott would definitely be that, the guy we just talked about uh, from Chicago St. Ignatius, a five-star interior defensive lineman. Notre Dame will do whatever really they can do to, to get Scott to flip um, and, and make that happen. Obviously, Gerby Lambert is another one for Notre Dame. They would absolutely love to land him. I'm really liking where the Irish are at with this, you know, borderline five-star player um, from Catholic Memorial in Massachusetts. 
Notre Dame, Boston College, Harvard, Ohio State, looking like the, the, the top four. That's the four programs he officially visited in June. Um, so Notre Dame looking good there. Again, three offensive line commits. You take, you know, Gerby Lambert would be much more than the icing on the cake. That ends up being, you know, one of your, I, I think, I think second or third highest ranked player uh, of the class for the industry ranking and uh, a monstrous number one target, you know, on the offensive line board for quite some time. And then Caleb Beasley, definitely. Again, Notre Dame has got what it's won on the defensive backboard in terms of, like, hey, this, we, we got the amount of corners we wanted all that, but Beasley, you know, talking to Notre Dame sources since they've been recruiting him for, I think, two years now, they think Beasley's a five-star type talent, and, and I absolutely agree with it as well. And multiple viewings that I've seen of Beasley live, uh, just an absolute freak talent, super special corner. So Beasley, a Tennessee commit, did visit Notre Dame April 1st. Over the summer, after he took his official to Tennessee, he did say, no, nah, I'm locked in. But it's kind of interesting, Darren. Notre Dame's usually the school that has to commit. And you hear those types of things, like, oh, yeah, I'm committed to Notre Dame. Don't mind take a visit. No, maybe. And now Notre Dame's on the other side of it. Maybe can they go into Nashville and flip Taylor? Caleb Beasley from the Vols. We'll have to see, but you know, there's been chatter about him taking official for the Ohio State game. Now there might not. We'll just have to see. Um, but yeah, that I would still say it's somewhat realistic that Notre Dame can flip Caleb Beasley. And uh, again, there, and that would be absolutely huge. He's a special player. Okay, finally, Dan asks, which commitment are you most looking forward to seeing in person this fall? I wish he would have had a sense of humor and asked, hey, you going back to see C.J. Carr? Is he going to let you come back this year? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked that. I mean, Kyle Kelly uh, covers recruiting for us at Blue and Gold, and he's, he's based um, in the Midwest. So we kind of handle our travel a little bit regionally now. So um, I, I think he lives 45 minutes from Carr. So he's going to – I don't think I'll be going to see C.J. Carr this fall. Um, so Kyle will, will at least once, probably twice. Um, so what, whereas the ring's doing a lot of recruiting in the South. I mean, they got- Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 